Eddie Mayer on LBC. It's Friday, it's a quarter to five, it's Simon Marx's American Week. Eddie, it's the same old story. You're stuck in a rut where the government you lead is beset by rolling crises, many of them of your own creation. The public's had enough. Your backbenchers are turning against you. A whispering campaign is spreading through the corridors of power about who might succeed you. And you can't even escape your problems by spending the week in Bavaria and Madrid. America is back was your motto at the first NATO summit last year. And you've come to this summit here and the one in Germany after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned constitutional protections for abortion, after the shootings in Buffalo and Texas, at a time of record inflation, and as new polling this week shows that 85% of the U.S. public thinks the country is going in the wrong direction. Darlene Superville of the Associated Press putting it to President Biden yesterday that the world leaders he'd met at the G7 in Germany and the NATO summit in Spain all suspect that for America... The jig is up. They do not think that. You haven't found one person, one world leader to say America's going backwards. America's better positioned to lead the world than we ever have been. We have the strongest economy in the world. Our inflation rates are lower than other nations in the world. The one thing that has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States on overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. Now, just because NATO and G7 leaders don't tell the rest of the world that they think Boris Johnson, I mean Joe Biden, is in dire political straits, doesn't, of course, mean that they don't privately think it. Aboard Air Force One on the president's way to Germany last weekend, his own press secretary conceded to reporters that America now faces what she called the nightmare scenario. The Supreme Court decision on abortion last Friday, she said, could lead to a great migration of people uprooting themselves. Supporters of abortion rights and liberalism more generally packing up and moving from those Republican states where a crackdown is underway. Christian conservatives voting with their feet and moving south to more propitious political climes. It's a recipe for disaster. The potential rendering of America into two distinct entities with everyone on both sides heavily armed and and loathing the other. Democrats this week have faulted the White House for failing to understand the stakes after the Supreme Court's action exactly one week ago. And some of them vented their frustration with the president at abortion rights protests in Washington last weekend. We need to get the old white Democrats out of office and put in new younger people who will actually defend the rights of women and people all over this country. That is a very angry Zoe Warren, a young Democrat and abortion rights activist who was fuming in an interview with MSNBC over the president's immediate response to last Friday's ruling. So I received a text message from Joe Biden's campaign yesterday saying that the Supreme Court had overturned Roe versus Wade and that it was my responsibility to then rush $15 to the Democratic National Party. Um, and I thought that was absolutely outrageous because my rights should not be a fundraising point for them or a campaigning point. Uh, they have had multiple opportunities to codify Roe into law over the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and they haven't done it. 
And if they're going to keep campaigning on this point, they should actually do something about it. That, of course, a reference to the fact that successive Democrats in the White House have talked a big game about protecting abortion rights, but done nothing much to safeguard them. Now, with the genie out of the bottle, left-wing Democrats like New York Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are faulting her own party's elite. She urged the president to go to the mat to counter a Supreme Court dominated by Republican appointees who are now nudging America towards Christian theocracy. The Supreme Court has dramatically overreached its authority. This is a crisis of legitimacy and President Biden must address that. But the ancient Washington institutionalist sitting in the Oval Office has ruled that out. He's flatly rejected the idea of packing the court with additional Democrat appointees in a bid to dilute the Republicans' influence. Though yesterday in Madrid he did signal one shift in policy calling for a change in the rules on Capitol Hill in an effort to enshrine the legal protection of abortion into to national law. The first and foremost thing we should do is make it clear how outrageous this decision was and how much it impacts not just on women's right to choose, but on privacy generally. We have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law, and the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, we provide an exception. Ah, the filibuster. Regular listeners will remember that to get anything done in the Senate, Joe Biden needs 60 of the 100 available votes. And he's only got 50 Democrats and can't even count on all of them. What he was saying there is that abortion should be protected by law, even if that means passing the measure with a simple majority. But it's way too late for that kind of fancy footwork. Already, Amazon and other big retailers are rationing the number of emergency emergency contraceptives, Plan B and the like, that customers can buy as new laws outlawing the procedure come into force across large swathes of the country. Republicans like Congresswoman Mary Miller of Illinois among those celebrating a new day in America. We are rejoicing here. Roe v. Wade has finally been overturned. It has done untold damage to our country, so many lives lost and women damaged in the wake of the deception that the abortion industry has fed them. And of course, it isn't only the issue of abortion that is giving Joe Biden a very bad case of political heartburn. This week, he pledged yet more aid for Ukraine. He spent over $7 billion there so far with much more to come. But he was asked how long Americans facing soaring prices at the pumps and in supermarkets should expect to tighten their belts as the war grinds on. As long as it takes, so Russia cannot, in fact, defeat Ukraine and move beyond Ukraine. The reason why gas prices are up is because of Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The reason why the food crisis exists is because of Russia. Now, there is obviously truth to that, and Biden is governing at a very complex and polarised time. But he's going to be hard-pressed in the run-up to America's midterm elections this November to persuade voters that the country's problems are not of his creation. And this week, another one exhibited itself. A ghastly tragedy yet again in South Texas. Some late-breaking news right now in the area of Casson and Quintana Road. We can see ambulances there along with law enforcement, but we're not exactly sure 
What's happening? The first report on local news of the discovery of an enormous truck parked on a secluded road in the city of San Antonio. Inside, the bodies of 51 dead migrants, victims of a people smuggling operation that went tragically wrong. They were asphyxiated in the back of the 18-wheeler with no air conditioning and no water in the middle of a record-hot Texas summer. 16 people survived. The driver and two other suspects have now been arrested. Charles Hood is the city's fire chief. The patients that we saw were hot to the touch. They were suffering uh, from heat stroke, heat exhaustion. We're not supposed to open up a truck and see stacks of bodies in there. Um, none of us come to work imagining that. The political recriminations began immediately. Democrat Congressman Henry Cuellar, fighting to win re-election in South Texas this November, faulted his own president's administration after it emerged that the truck had breezed through a U.S. Border Patrol checkpoint as it entered the country from Mexico, packed to the gunnels with undocumented migrants. I've been asking for more funding on checkpoints, uh, especially the ones that deal with a lot of commercial traffic. That like 60% of the Border Patrol are in processing centers and we need to put those resources on the checkpoint. And again, Republicans went for the jugular, accusing Joe Biden of being more concerned about Ukraine's border with Russia than America's frontier with its neighbors to the south. Quit inviting them here. Quit laying out the red carpet. Control the border. Our old friend Trey Ware, the breakfast host on Blowtorch South Texas radio station, KTSA. I was not surprised. I uh, saddened, deeply saddened by this once again happening in our community. But what do you expect when you're inviting them here? When you say to them, we will cover your hospital expense, we will take care of your child, we will educate your children, we will do all these things free of charge at, the, uh, of course, the expense of the American taxpayer. Nobody's shocked and surprised because these trucks run up and down IH-35 every single day loaded down with them. You're probably driving next to one right now and you don't even know it. A year and a half into his administration and the president has not yet set foot on the border despite a record influx of undocumented migrants. It's going to hurt him and his fellow Democrats this November. But pain this week was being felt on both sides of the political divide because Republicans were utterly blindsided by the sudden appearance of of a new star in Washington. Cassidy Hutchinson, a former top aide to Donald Trump's White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. She was the star witness in Tuesday's surprise session of the House Select Committee that's investigating last year's deadly riot on Capitol Hill. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir... We have to go back to the West Wing. Bombshell testimony included that claim that on January the 6th itself, President Trump became so irate that the Secret Service wouldn't let him join his supporters, who were already beginning to ransack the Capitol compound, that he tried to throttle a member of his security detail. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. 
Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. A dramatic account to be sure, but she did not witness those events herself, nor did the Trump aide who told her about them. The Secret Service says agents who were in the car are now willing to testify under oath that the incident never occurred. But other elements of her testimony were based on what she'd witnessed firsthand. A deeply anxious White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, urging her to do whatever she could to stop the president from traveling to the Capitol. Mr. Cipollone said something to the effect of, please make sure we don't go up to the Capitol, Cassidy. Keep in touch with me. We're going to get charged with every crime imaginable if... We make that movement happen. And she said President Trump was aware members of his crowd were carrying weapons but wanted the Secret Service to stop screening them with metal detectors in order to boost the size of the crowd attending his rally on Pennsylvania Avenue that morning. I was in the vicinity of a conversation where I overheard the president say something to the effect of, you know, I I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing mags away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. Let the people in. Take the effing mags away. Just to be clear, Ms. Hutchinson, is it your understanding that the president wanted to take the mags away and said that the armed individuals were not there to hurt him? That's a fair assessment. Dissident Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney there asking the follow-up question to an excerpt from Ms. Hutchinson's previously videotaped deposition. The Congresswoman told the hearing and millions of television viewers, doubtless including Attorney General Merrick Garland, that Donald Trump was well aware he was sending an armed mob to ransack the Capitol and try to assassinate Vice President Mike Pence. Much of this information about the potential for violence um, was known or learn before the onset of the violence, early enough for President Trump to take steps to prevent it. He could, for example, have urged the crowd at the Ellipse not to march to the Capitol. He could have condemned the violence immediately once it began. Or he could have taken multiple other steps. Week by week, she and the other committee members are building the case for Donald Trump's criminal prosecution. And Democrats were cock-a-hoop over Ms. Hutchinson's testimony. The smoking gun, they said, had at last been found. For Donald Trump, the end is nigh, despite questions swirling about some aspects of the former aide's evidence. You know, some whack job can say this stuff and get away with it. As for the man himself, he was said to be shocked by the scale of Ms. Hutchinson's betrayal and had this to say about her on Newsmax TV. Uh, This lady yesterday, there's something wrong with her? Is there something wrong? She said, I jumped from a car and I started strangling. Think of this. I started strangling a Secret Service agent who I know very well. I grabbed the steering wheel of a car. The woman is living in fantasy land. The woman has done him enormous amounts of damage despite the loyalty of his supporters. CNBC reported yesterday that Republican mega-donors are now funneling cash to other possible presidential candidates in the hopes that they can stop any possibility of a Trump comeback. Change is in the wind here. The New York Times reported this week that President Biden is bristling about the growing chorus of Democrats now urging him to abandon his plans to seek a second term in the Oval Office, while Republicans worry about reports that Trump could announce his presidential candidacy as early as this coming Monday, July the 4th. Now that really would cause some fireworks, Eddie, on America's Independence Day.
Simon Marks' American Week back next Friday at a quarter to five. LBC. I'm Eddie Mayer. It's five o'clock.